Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Reconstructing Truth. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're grateful just to, to be with you guys again. Um, fortunately, we were not canceled last uh, uh, last week after, you know, talking about um, some things that Caleb's wife just, you know, she deemed inappropriate. We won't get into it. But, um, <laughs> you'll have to go check out last week's episode um, to find out what that is. But yeah. as we get started, we... Uh, First off, we want you to give a thumbs up to this um, this episode and yeah, all of our episodes. Do it now before you realize yeah. you don't like it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, um, subscribe. You know, if you're on YouTube or podcast, wherever you're at, be sure to subscribe to what we're doing here. Um, just to, to continue to to help us fund this endeavor, even though we actually make no money off of yeah. that, but fund our egos and, and help motivate us. But if you create, would like to fund us, <laughs> you, you can contact get, us. At, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, we'll take seed money. That's right. At the That's right. <laughs> God will um, pour out a blessing yeah. 10 times. <laughs> and then uh, lastly, turn on notifications um, so that you can, uh, there's some bell somewhere. I like how the, the YouTube people are like, click this in the corner. Yeah. There's nothing actually in the corner if you're watching it right now, but somewhere in the box, um, yeah. I don't know it where. Would be, um, uh, I don't know. Right there's, there's an icon there. I don't know. There's an icon here. You sound like a boomer yeah. when you're talking about, oh, <laughs> there's some bell, some notification yeah. on this this here internet. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is I may be in my mid-30s physically and, and according yeah. to my trips around the sun, <laughs> but there's a lot of aspects about me that says I'm from a different generation. You're... <laughs> You're, you're a year away from telling people to get off your your lawn. I have yelled at people for hey, being on my lawn. Kids, get off my yard. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so this is unrelated to anything other than the fact that I'm lazy. And I hate my floor being dirty. And um, our kids do chores. And, you know, yeah. we make them keep up with a lot. Yeah, but they suck. You know, yeah. they're lazy. Yes. Kids are lazy. Yes, they are. And, uh, and I can't stand I wear shoes all the time. Pet peeve. If I step on anything, I want to murder everyone in the house. <laughs> and so I just keep shoes on, so it makes me less angry. But I don't like the look of crap on my floor either. Yeah. And so I was gifted this like cheap robot vacuum. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It was great. They're they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Why do more people not have these? Yeah. Like and for the longest time, you know, I felt like the old man, like, that's ridiculous. Those lazy, crappy people. And then I kind of wanted one. I talked to my wife about it. She's like, we're not buying one of those because she's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would we do that? Yada, yada, yada. So we get this one, and it's like a, a cheap Walmart one that mm -hmm. only has one brush on one side. I've gotten brushes for it now. Yeah. But I'm just like, every day I'm going to her like, honey, look what it got. Like, this thing's like producing stuff <laughs> off of our floor. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. So then I convinced her to get this other one that that mops too. Yeah, we have, you, you, <laughs> yeah. My wife is list, is laughing right now. Why she listens is because we have two. Because we <laughs> we got the cheap one, the sweeper one first. Yeah. And then I found one that mops, and I was like, "Look you, at this! You did the same so thing." So we did the same thing, <laughs> but it doesn't mop like it. You think it will mop? I don't at care. Least ours doesn't. I don't know how yours is. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's just like yeah, we haven't got it. Yet. Well, you have to just set it in a spot, and then it like does like. Ever increasing I'm wait, circles. I'm waiting on the postman for to, to bring oh, it to okay. me. So. But yeah, so like, so we got now, now our cheap one, our first one has finally, it's finally, no. I, I've replaced the battery enough times where it's like, now nah, I'm done. Yeah. It's, it's given up on life. But at, there was a time where we would have competing vacuum robots like yeah. going in our, because our, our whole downstairs minus our bedroom is 
uh, tile. Yeah. So right. like we don't have to worry about it getting caught up on anything yeah. other than, you know, getting stuck under the couch or whatever, you know, getting wedged. Yeah, that just irritates me. Yeah. Like it gets stuck under our couch. I'm like, yeah. what kind of yeah. piece of crap are you? Yeah, I know. But they, they do that, you know. This is the the worst. Listen to how privileged we are. Like, oh my, yeah. my robot vacuum gets stuck, and then I have to get off my lazy butt and get a, and pull it out so I don't have to sweep. Yeah, the kids were like, "You mean we don't sweep anymore?" I said, "No, that doesn't yeah. mean that at all. You'll still sweep. You, you follow the vacuum, pick up what it doesn't pick up." Yeah, but yeah, so I'm not sure about the mop thing yet. Um, how that'll work, but. I know it's not meant to like be the primary cleaning thing. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm still pretty excited about it. Yeah, it was, it's like so we. It was nice. Uh, I don't. We don't use it nearly as much as we used to. Uh, we should, but um, probably because the floor. Because again, our kids are lazy also, and our floor yeah. is never. You know, part of part of using the vacuum mop or vacuum robots is that you have to kind of pick, pick up a little up, bit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, or, you know, whatever will get stuck in there. But, um, and so our house is constant, you know, there's so it's stuff. not the kids. I have to worry about that. My wife <laughs> piles things yeah, in the floor. Yeah. Pile, yeah. And so like our, our entry hallway is always stuff that she yeah. is going to go donate. And I'm like, where does all of this stuff come from that we're perpetually donating things or <laughs> getting rid of? Kids, I could yeah. drop that off. It's like, there's this forever, there's forever a pile in the hallway, unless company's coming over then that piles in my bedroom yeah and then it comes back out to the hallway and what you need to do is get her a bunch of tv trays <laughs> <laughs> you know honey the piles don't go on the floor they go on the tv trays yeah they at least I, you get them up off the floor and yeah. then you can run your vacuum yeah then vacuum can get up there. i'm gonna build shelves You're welcome shelves for your crap in the hallway <laughs> but yeah. uh i don't know how anyway. we got on that but it's just uh really blessed but, oh well, yeah we're, we're not known to go on rants yeah, because uh, you're making fun of me for being an old man. So I'm yes. just, I'm getting with it now. I'm getting yeah. with the times. The technology. Did you have yeah. to have one of your kids show you how to work the robot? No, that, not yet. Okay. And we'll see with the new one. It's got a phone app and stuff. Yeah. And so I don't know how that's going to work. Never, I can I can connect to my, my couch through an app. Yeah. I don't know why I need to. It's got Bluetooth on it, apparently. Because it shows up when I'm like, I don't know. So it can ridicule you for how much you sit? <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, that's what my, my couch tells me. It's like, yeah, you feel fatter today. <laughs> Get off me and go run. <laughs> I wish my couch yeah, did that. Yeah, would be. Uh, that would be good. That would be good. Shut so, up, couch. No, you I'm don't not. know me. So awkwardly enough, anyway. like I have this little love seat that it was my parents. Yeah. And at some point they gave it to me like, and they had it forever before Andrew was born. And then I got it, and it's this nice black leather. I don't know who made this thing, um, but they deserve like a Nobel Prize because these two couch pieces still exist, yeah. still look nice. Yeah. Leather's not cracked, nothing's torn. Um, I feel like it's twenty years old at this point. I don't even know, <laughs> like, like no joke. And I have six children, like you said. Yeah. This stuff like, survives. Yeah. So it's uh, it's amazing furniture. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> today. Oh, <yeah>. <laughs> Now that we're caught up on that. Uh, now that everyone's tuned out and went on with yeah. their lives. Um, <laughs> um, today, we're, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about, uh, I guess, not really doctrine, I guess to a, a point, oh, you know, like just kind of theological stuff. And, yeah. you know, we like to talk about things of, of God and, and the church here on this podcast, <laughs> Every now and believe then. it or not. Yeah. It's not all about couches and robot vacuums That's right. and, you know, ranting being about old, our wives. Being boomers. And, yeah. <laughs> Non-boomer boomers. Yeah. Yeah, the youngest boomers. That's right. <laughs> but uh, we want to talk about worship. Uh, worship um, in our personal lives, but 
um, I'd say more so as far as worship um, collectively and corporately and, you know, the importance of doing that in a manner that uh, allows us to be impactful, I guess, you know, culturally and remain culturally significant and things like that. Um, And so this all started with... uh, I don't know, this isn't technically a meme so much as an advertisement no. yeah, that, that Caleb sent me that I ignored for, um, <laughs> right. said on the third, I ignored Under. it for 15 days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's usually how text and things go around this place. <laughs> and so here we are two weeks later and he asked me, did you get that, that you thing get I sent thing? you? Like, what in the world are you talking about? Yeah. Freaking liar. Yeah. And, uh, sure enough, it was there. Uh, so, um, Kayla, I'm going to pull this up so everybody can see it. Um, this is, uh, um, no context here. I have no idea what this, uh, what this means. Um, yeah. So, so why don't you, why don't you tell us a little well, bit about this? Well, so I, you know, somebody, so if you're just listening, um, which if you are, you're missing out on, you know, so much, so much quality on our, on our visual channel here, but, uh, um, you know, somebody, a Facebook friend had, a shared this person's channel, you know, and, 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 uh, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm not much for kind of the, uh, I don't know, kind of the more fringe yeah. parts of our faith, shall we say. And, um, so anytime somebody shares stuff like this, I, I, I immediately start going down the rabbit hole and, and I'm just scrolling through this lady's channel and I come across this, this uh, uh, advertisement for uh, what she calls worship flags, and it's just a worship flag course, and um, and so if yeah, if you weren't, if you're not, if you were just listening to us, we we were flashing the the actual image of the yeah, the I'll thing pull that there. back up real quick. <clears throat> anyway, and it's it says on here it says it's worship flag course, and it says understanding biblically why we flag, and practical guidance, and I was like. What is this? And so I had to uh, uh, send that to send it to Aaron and say, hey, we should do this. Like, we should take this course because <laughs> we definitely are missing out on worship flags. And um, uh, anyway, but but it's kind of spurred this conversation that, we, you know, what what is worship and, and kind of what is. Yeah. I just wonder, is, is do this, all worship flags have to have. A dove representing the Holy Spirit. Do you think she has other worship flags? I don't know. I wonder if she has an ark on one of them. Yeah. So yeah. So it's so like if now I will. I'll go ahead and preface this. Like if you're if you're a firm believer in worship flags, you probably want to go ahead and shut us off <laughs> because because we're probably gonna we're yeah. probably gonna make fun of this. <laughs> well, that that's Not what, that was the whole goal. I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, so you know, but it does get us into the conversation of like, well, one, what is worship? Yeah. Two, what is you know. Is there is there such a thing as acceptable worship or not acceptable worship? But what you know, where where's the line, right? Is there because worship is is um, I would say this you know worship is definitely subjective, and obviously when we say worship uh, as you know evangelical Christians, the first thing that comes to mind is is music, yeah. right? They we think that's kind of worship, but that's not exactly you know the Bible doesn't ever explicitly say that. It doesn't yeah. say well you know to to worship God, play three songs before the message, and then. Um, you know that that will that that fulfills your your worship obligation. No, you sure? That's uh-huh. yeah, it's in the uh, third John. Yeah, 
316. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, um, you know, and I want to preface this. You know, when we talk about this, it's uh, our cameras are all messed up today. Yeah. So um, if, if you're watching, we've kind of like messed with things a couple times. Um, but I, we get this. You know, you, you can choose to worship however. So that's one of the things to keep in mind. We're not saying, hey, um, worship flags are um, – are just wrong you know you're gonna go to hell if you you know if you have a worship flag that's that's not the point um you know we are going to kind of poke fun at this but for good reason to hopefully kind of help people um to see some things because culturally to some degree things things have changed um and and it's important one one it's important that if you have a conviction to worship god a certain way you know to to be obedient and and things like that i think that's important too right if you feel that god's led you to something truly led you and you've taken all of these things we're going to talk about into an account um you know that's between you and god you know that and, and worship is personal between you and god um uh, but the the way we're set up as we'll talk about here in a little bit um is um worship is is corporate too right and and this the things that take place how they impact those around us is, is important to note and and so um all of these things matter because you know even though our you could make a statement that your faith is personal right um yes it is you know there's a personal relationship you have with you and god there's also um the fact that we're commissioned to reach those outside of the church so that matters as well um in and how we do things how we handle ourselves how we present ourselves publicly and so we kind of just want to spend some time talking about all of this you know and, and as caleb said there's not um there's not a, you know, a certain um, menu of, of things that that's appropriate and not appropriate when it comes to worship in the church, um, you know, that's uh, exhaustive. <laughs> you know, there's not that prescribed method, only do these things and, and nothing else. Um, but we do just kind of want to spend some time dissecting this and, and see what we come up with here. And so, anything else? Yeah, no, I, I would say, you know, the point you're making is good in, in that, you know, as Christians, we got to we gotta understand that, you know, these things don't happen in a vacuum. And, yeah. I, and it's culturally, where we're at and socially where we're at, we're such a self-centered society nowadays. You know, it's just me, yeah. me, me. What makes me happy? What what makes my feels good? Yeah. You know, and I mean, what... And that, that's that's the area in which we operate, you know, and, and unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but as Christians, we're called to not be that way, no. you know, and I think and our, what is unfortunate is, is that that has bled over into Christianity. Part of it is culturally, part of it is the church's fault when we've we've spent the last 20 years trying to, to, to make everything, you know, okay, we're going to cater to, you know, the unchurched, which is good, you know, that the, the motive is right. Right, we want to we want to appeal to non-believers, but we want to you know when we, you cater to everyone's every last want and need and desire to make well, we're going to make our church look exactly like you want it, so so you you will come, <clears throat> so then when they come, and then you know then it's like well we've painted ourselves into a corner where it's like well what we've done is we've told you that everything you want is the most important thing. And so now everything is, is, has become like the self-centered is kind of the self-centeredness in the church where we, our goal, you know, corporately is to make everybody happy. You know, we want, we want everything to look right and sound right. And we don't want to say anything that, that might hurt your feelings. Uh, we don't want to confront you with any sort of truth. And so what we've done is we've created a, you know, a culture of consumers and where, all we think about is ourselves and, yeah. and what we, what we're going to talk about here is that we got to pull away from that. We got to, we got to this, you know, 
what you think is worshipful, especially in the corporate setting, <clears throat> which is important. Corporate corporate worship matters. You know, we we want to try to sound cool and be like, well, you know, you know, the we don't need another religion kind of thing. Like, well, there is there is that is a part of our faith is, is gathering together as believers. And that's, and there's, there's rules that dictate that regardless if, if you formalize that or not, there's some yeah. sort of, some sort of, you know, social norms that are going to operate when you come together as a, as a group. And so, um, how do we, how do we balance what we want versus what's good for, for us as a body? You yeah. know? And so that's, and so that's what I mean when I say like worship doesn't happen just, you know, or, or these decisions or, or what we think about, it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Like you can't just, I just want to do this and, you know, the consequences be darned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. You know, and that, that is a, a good point, right? It's, uh, man, these things don't happen in a vacuum um, and they do matter. You know, I want to start, um, Caleb brought this uh, passage up um, as we were um, kind of, seeing what we're going to talk about here, and it's uh, a living sacrifice to God. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. This was written by Paul and uh, to the church in, in Rome, and he says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And so stopping right there, you know, when we look at that passage that that worship is so much more than than music right it is we worship god by how we live and and that's the first kind of thing um to, to keep in mind and it's giving up our will in that right in in making sure that as we engage in worship that it's not about us it is about him so there's certain things um that we can make arguments on both sides you know like again if god's leading you towards something and and you really feel god's spirit speaking to you about that and that's going to be your act of worship that's important. That's important. If it's just your flesh, sometimes you got to let things go yeah. <laughs> for the greater good of the church. Um, Caleb was sharing, and if I don't know if time's appropriate to share out of the, the chariots of fire. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, I thought this kind of spoke to that. Yeah. So I was what I was talking about. If, if you ever seen the movie Chariots of Fire, which I was telling Aaron, I said I watched when I was at least part of it as a kid, and I was like, this is the most boring movie ever. I never never got it. But you know, I'm older and wiser, and I'm also you know I'm uh, I've talked about many a time. I'm a triathlete, and so I'm in this endurance world, and so these things appeal to me more. But if you've never seen the movie Chariots of Fire, I highly recommend it. It's yeah. it's a based on a true story of a guy named Eric Liddell who was a runner in. Uh, for uh, England and, but he was also uh, a missionary and he, um, and the movie is about him kind of these competing interests, right? He's called to uh, the mission field, but then he's also, he's also fast, you know, he's found this out, you know, he's, <clears throat> and he, he's fast enough to be an Olympic uh, runner in the, um, I can't remember, I have the synopsis, but here, and I can't remember, <laughs> but it's like the, you know, early twenties or whatever for the, the Olympics in. Anyway, in the movie, he, he goes and um, uh, chooses not to, to compete because his qualifying heat is uh, going to be held on a Sunday. And so he ends up running a race um, that he hasn't trained for. And I'll, I'll leave it there and you can watch it. Um, highly recommend it. But, but the thing about, you know, I love about the movie in, in this quote that he says is that um, Eric tre treated his, his running, his ability to run, as a, as a form of worship, you know, and that, and that, because what is worship? Well, worship is honoring God, right? It's, 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 it's giving God kind of the primacy in, in, in your life saying that you're number, you know, 
you are God and, and, and I'm going to honor you and all these things and, and, you know, always acknowledge kind of your, your place in my life as being, uh, you know, over me or authority and, you know, understanding that all I do and all I have comes from you. Right. And that's what worship is. And so in this, um, there's a scene where I think it's his sister asks Eric something about, you know, why, you know, cause he's struggling between the, the two and about, you know, why do you need to run or whatever? And, and he, and he says this quote and it says, uh, and I love, like, so there's, you know, two quotes that I love as far as like, I like to apply to my, my running and, and, and that, and this is one of them is, um, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure, you know, and, and I have those moments when I'm out running and training and when I'm not feeling like I'm about to die, <laughs> You know, there are moments where it does, it comes together and, you know, a lot of times people always ask, what do you, you know, doesn't that get boring? What do you do? Like mentally, what do you, you know, I'm out running for 10 miles or something, you know, a really long run, especially because I do a lot of my running at a track. So I'm just running in a loop over and over and over. And I said, well, you know, a lot of time is spent, you know, praying or talking to God or, you know, you know, asking for guidance in my life, you know, it's, it it becomes a worshipful experience. And, and you know, I have those moments where it starts to click. And I feel good and I feel, you know, and I'm just kind of like appreciative of the ability to do these, these things that I'm able to do. And that's because God's given me the ability to do them. And, um, you know, and so that, that can become, you know, worship, you know, and that's, that's what, you know, we, like we were talking about at the beginning, we, we get fixated on worship is just the music at the beginning of service, yeah. you know, and it's so much more than that. Yeah. And, um, and it can, and it can be all these things, you know. You know, being a, you know, your family, as a, as a dad, <clears throat> you know, raising your kids in a way that honors God is is an act of worship. I feel, yeah, um, and those kinds of things like that. So, um, but yeah, that that the that movie definitely it's a, it's it's back when Hollywood would get away with making Christian <laughs> movies, very Christian, very Christian movie. So, yeah. when did it when did it take place? Uh, the movie yeah. came out in 1981, but the, the, story. the story was in the early 1920s. I yeah. Think. So, I mean, so he had to, I mean, for it to be an act of worship, he was like having to run with a, what is it called? A stereophone. <laughs> so he would have the music, right? Yeah, that's right. That, that wonderful. I don't know how he had his hands up. He must've carried it on his back. Um, I'm sure so the record he, was skipping a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, but. Obviously, playing that first Hillsong album. Yeah, playing that first Hillsong album. Uh, (laughs) You know, but that is uh, a great example of how you know worship can 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 be and should be so much more than the songs at the beginning of service. You know, and that's that's not even a necessary part of it as far as that goes. And and that really, you know, when we get and we look at Romans um, and we pull that back up again. you know, it says, give your bodies to God, right? Um, because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. And this is truly the way to worship him, you know, giving him everything. And then it goes on further. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so when we look at that, you know, it's important to know that, um, our our worship, um, our church services, the things that we do should not be become completely worldly either, right? We have to have this balance, and uh, we talked about this a little at the beginning. You know, in in many ways, um, our our churches 
um, swung so far over to be completely seeker sensitive. And um, I've poked fun, Caleb's poked fun, I think is on this program that we've done it, that um, the ones that are dang near putting on uh, Disney on Ice productions that have no type of gospel content. It's like, what is the purpose of that? What's your point here? Um, it, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, so you've, you've getting, you're getting people, plenty of people are showing up, but, um, all you've done is made it a, uh, what a, a wonderful place to go to hell from type of thing. Like you've <laughs> yeah. got to, you've got to present message and truth. So, um, we can't just copy everything, but there's this balance, right? How do we, um, give everything to God, um, and not copy the, the custom behaviors of the world, but, but look appealing, right? And, and, and to do these things in a way that that honors God and honors what He's done for us, but doesn't run people off. Um, you know, there's another passage. Let me get to that real quick. It's in First um, Corinthians 14 and verse 23. And in the context of this, it's tongues and prophecy. And um, and I'll, I'll say this. You know, between Caleb and I, there'd probably be a little bit of division in the way we view those things. Um, but it's not. The point of this passage is not what we're going to focus on, um, you know, whether, you know, how that plays out. But um, it says this, um, even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speak in an unknown language, they will think you're crazy. And so here we have Paul. He's talking about tongues. Um, but he points out the fact, I mean, and this is after him going on. This is from God. This is good. Yada, yada, yada. Um, but then he's like. But if unbelievers come in right. um, and, and hear this, they, they may think you're crazy. And so he, there's just warning. I mean, so the, you have this scriptural type of thing in there that um, points to the fact that, yes, the things of God is good and, and being spiritual is good and, and, and all of that's great. But don't lose sight of unbelievers. And I think we can do that. So we can't be um, so far... One way that we lose sight of the things of God, we can't be so far the other way that we lose sight of the fact that um, the church as it is today is present in a secular world. Um, so, yeah, but I should be able to do what I want. Yeah, it makes should, me yeah, happy. Yeah, it makes you happy. I don't care about other people. Yeah. You know, so yeah, <laughs> if you want to, you know, bring your tambourine into a church of fifteen hundred people and right. you know make three hundred non-believers sound comfortable. I mean, that's your right, right? God's convicted yeah. you to do that. That's right. Um, and and again, I, I make the a end. statement Thanks out of sarcasm, and you know, <laughs> and, and quite honestly, if you feel compelled to worship with a tambourine, I think you're a weirdo. You know, go for it um, <laughs> in the right context, in the right yeah. in the right place, because it does matter. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves. Um, when there's people who don't yet know Christ, I mean, and that's people selfishly lose sight of that. And they just, it's just, it is just about them yeah. and that becomes the focus and, and you can make the argument, well, is it wrong for me to worship God this way? No, no. If, if that's your only question, no, it's not. But how about we add that, that caveat to it, that is it wrong for you to detract from the service in a way or from the experience in a way that, that unbelievers are now more focused and upset about what you're doing, that they can't hear the message. They're shutting themselves off to the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many, how many people is it okay for, for you to be personally responsible for not coming to Christ? Yeah. I mean, you, you let us know what that number is. I mean, and so, you know, and that sounds harsh, but the thing is, is so, so what we're talking about here is one, there's, there's our, our individual worship, right? So like, like we're talking about, you know, to me, my, you know, running is, is, is a form of uh, a form of worship for me. I'm not going to do that in church. 
you know, I'm not going to go <laughs> do some laps while we're, <laughs> while we're, you know, around the outside of the, you know, uh, you know, the, the aisles and the, you know, where the, where there's space where there's no chairs while we're doing our, our music because, you know, well, that's my, that's my form of worship. So I should be able to do that. No, it's going to weird people Andy's out. A Baptist, so, you that's know, right. I'm you definitely, know. I, yeah. <laughs> if I move more than two feet one side or the other, that's a sin. So, <laughs> um, but 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 that's so so we have to you know again there's this line that we have to walk as christians where we where we go you know one we have our, our personal you know worship which is every should be everything everything we do yeah. right we're called to do everything you know everything we do uh, we do is if we're doing it for the lord right i mean even even our work you know god it's in, it's in the bible it says work as if you're working for the, for god yeah. you know because we want to honor him in, in what we do and so there's that personal level in which we do those things we you know um but we don't necessarily bring those personal things into a corporate worship setting because in the corporate worship setting, we do have an obligation to the people that are coming. It's not just us, right? And, and so we have to put away the selfishness that seems to pervade our, our culture today. And, you know, the Bible tells us we got to be, you know, we're in the world but not of the world, right? So we're, we exist inside this culture and so we, so we've got to, we've got to operate somewhat within this level. And so, if, if the things that we do in a corporate setting, you know, it hinders the ability for people to come to Christ, which is the most important thing, yeah. right? That's what we su- supposedly profess to believe. If that's if that's what's happening, because you know, well, well, I have the, you know, I should be able to do this or that, and it's like, well, but you know, we're missing out on a lot of people coming to church because they think you're weird. You know, wow, I don't care. You know, I'm just, well, they don't understand that. You know, (laughs) how about we, how about we warm them up to, to warm them up to Christ and Christianity before we, you know, tell them to bite the heads off the bat. Right. So that's, that's, that's your fourth visit. Well, you know, (laughs) you know, and, and, uh, you know, as I came into the church, you know, I was not raised in church environments, had very little exposure to it. Um, and, and honestly, the exposure I did have, um, you know, I typically don't like to share this, um, was Southern Baptist. So, you know, I didn't think people moved or talked or smiled right. in church, um, enjoyed themselves at all. Uh, <laughs> That's worshipful. <laughs> um, and so those were the only kind of like exposures that I had, except I do remember this one time. Um, I'm a young teenager and we're had moved to a different community. Some things were going on. And anytime there was like, really like high levels of uncertainty or holidays we might show up to a church service or two and so this was one of those moments and so we're in a new community and so we don't have my parents don't have the church that they would typically pop into in those moments um present and so we show up to this one and there's literally at some point a lady rolling around on the floor crying and so it was one of those things at that point in my life not knowing any of these things not knowing i'm we're not, we're not a Christian family at all, yeah. <laughs> the way we're living and carrying and carrying out all of this. And so I, this like was scarring to me. It's like, I ain't ever coming back to play freaking cult over here. <laughs> um, but you know what I did in that is I applied it to, to not just a singular church. I applied it to all churches. That's weird. They're weird people. I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. And then... <clears throat> You know, later on, I had some other exposures and stuff, but um, I remember um, even where um, where uh, I, I tend today, where we're at today, um, <clears throat> there was there was a moment where I encountered something that looked strange, looked awkward, looked uncomfortable. I almost left, and 
And today, you know, it doesn't bother me. Why? Well, because I've had an encounter with God and I've matured. Um, and, but, but then what, what I witnessed and experienced, they weren't wrong. There's nothing wrong with what they were doing. But to my mind as an unbeliever, somebody who's far from God, it was incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly weird. And, um, again, it was almost enough to make me leave and not come back again. Cause I'm like, in my mind, I'm having flashbacks to the lady rolling around on yeah. the floor crying. Like, yeah. what are they, what are they getting ready to do here? <laughs> you know? And so those things matter in that context. And so we want to worship, right? We want to give our bodies to God and, and we want, um, I mean, everything we do, like Caleb said, have, do everything, um, as if you're doing it unto the Lord because you are. So to, to live worshipful lives in every regard, um, but also to remember we're, we're evangelistic, right? That we should be. And uh, we kind of brought this up um, a little bit before. I think we've missed it, but um, we brought it up on our kind of pregame. Um, our services today, the thing to kind of keep in mind is there was a point where the gatherings were believers, right? That yeah. people would be converted and they would go to home churches and gatherings and things like that. Well, in 2024, that's not the case. Whether we want it to be or not, it's not. Culture changes, things shift. The things of God do not, right? I'm not saying that, right? Um, God is the same today um, as he was yesterday and the same as he'll be tomorrow and forever. So I'm not saying that. But but what we do in culture does shift and change. And today, it is probably our most evangelistic thing that takes place. We have unbelievers that get invited and show up and come and people who are on the fence because their wife has drugged them there or they're um, probably not their husband that yeah <laughs> but i wish that was the case um but um you know and, and these things taking place and so it's different the dynamics different um we do have a lot of people in our services that are not committed christians now again two thousand years ago or not quite two thousand but you know you get my drift um that uh that would have been different. Yeah. Um, but it, today, it's we have to keep those things in mind. Um, we, we invite the non-believer in so they'll encounter God. Uh, they didn't encounter God because, again, we don't do a very good job of going to the streets and, and places like that. That's a whole nother, yeah. a whole nother thing. But we got to keep that in mind. This is an evangelistic thing we're doing as well as an edifying thing that we're doing as well as a worshipful thing we're doing. And how do we balance all of these spinning plates? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so back to the – I mean that – that verse, you know, this isn't just what we're saying. This is, you know, Paul, you know, here, here we go. Kind of the, you know, <clears throat> outside of Peter, you know, obviously the biggest influence on the church. I mean, as far as planting the early church, I mean, he says this and, and is it in, is it in first Corinthians that right. he says the, uh, you know, stop worrying about what you eat. Oh yeah. Is that what that, I think so, it is. Somewhere so, there. I mean, like <clears throat> he, so he says it there, you know, he's like, obviously prophecy or, or speaking in tongues or, you know, at, at that time that he's, you know, these are things that we do, but we're not going to do them at the expense of, you know, scaring off the non-believer. <clears throat> and then, it, you know, later on, he, he says this too, you know, he says, you know, if you go in, you know, and uh, you're, you're with somebody and and they offer you something to eat that you know maybe you've considered unclean or or, or whatever uh like just eat it right because because again to not offend and to 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 be to be in in, in paul's even says that in um <clears throat> what the, his famous you know speech on mars hill you know i yeah. became everything to everyone so i can reach him for 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 christ and you know and that and that what he's saying there is not to we're not gonna not you know 
be Christian, right? Or not, you know, show that we're Christian or act. But what, what he's saying is, is, is that you have to take into account the culture in which you live in. And so like Aaron was saying, this is the way we, this is the way we live now. This is, most people come to, come to Christ by, you know, coming to a church, yeah, kind of a, a normal corporate worship setting or a corporate, uh, yeah, corporate worship setting where, you know, a Sunday service or something like that. And, you know, being in that environment and then coming for a while and kind of hearing what it's about. And then they accept Christ, you know, yeah. if, if and that's that's kind of the progression as, as an adult. Right. You know, if you're you grew up in the church, you you know, most of you accepted Christ as a youth or whatever. That's a different that's kind of a different path. But that's the way we are today. You know, there's no point fighting against that. That's just the way we operate. And so at this point, you have to start. We do have to start balancing what it is we want as far as worship goes and and what's best for the non-believers that are coming. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not meaning, you know, that we skew all things that are Christian, right? We don't. And this is, and I, you know, this is definitely my area of complaint with the church is that we've, we've swung that pendulum too far. I think for the non, for, you know, to be seeker sensitive, like we don't confront people with hard truths. You know, we, we won't take a firm position on that as a church as a big C church, like, <clears throat> you know, having, you know, uh, I don't know, talking about sin, like you go into modern church today, uh, anywhere, like the, the, the chance that you're going to hear, a sermon dedicated to sin, hell, or the devil is pretty low. Yeah. But what we will fight about is, you know, should we be singing hymns or, you know, the latest Hillsong song, or should we have the drums on the stage, or should we, you know, I don't know, what other absurd argument would we have? You know, that, that's the, <laughs> the stuff color that of the we, carpet. Yeah, the color of the carpet, pews or chairs, uh, yeah. what kind of donuts or coffee baptismal, do we have? Baptismal, you know. Yeah. We should have a traditional <laughs> baptismal. So it's like, yeah. so like, what does that mean? Should we have the Jordan River running through the sanctuary? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Which may or may not be clean, you know. <laughs> who's doing what uh, upstream, you know. It's, <laughs> it's the hymns, the hymns always gets me too. It's because like, you know Jesus didn't sing these, right? Uh, well, uh, some of them are yeah. about as old as Jesus now. <laughs> it but were it, the, uh, the King James. We should have yes, the King James the Bible. same Bible that Jesus read. Yeah. Um, you know, that, but it, that is, that's that's the argument we'll have. We'll, we will have those arguments. We won't have the arguments about, like, presenting hard truths or scriptural, you know, th those kinds of things, like, which kills me, you know. Um, but, yeah, or, or we'll have an argument about, you know, well, I should be able to, run around like a crazy person in, in service because this is my, my act of worship or whatever. It's like, well, that's good. I'm glad you can worship that way because, you know, that family of five who's coming to church for the first time is not coming back. Yeah. You know, I hope it was worth it for you. Well, in the, so the passage you were talking about, I think I found it here, First um, Corinthians 8. So some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that's been offered to idols, they think of it as the worship of real gods and their weak consciences are violated. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it and we don't gain anything if we do, but you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. So, and this can be applied to, um, this Caleb was talking about to, to our worship, right? Um, is there, is it wrong, you know, again, to, to do certain things in a worship setting? No, it's not. Um, and But, you know, are you causing those with a weaker conscience to stumble? Um, I want to share. I can't pull it up on the screen because I couldn't log into my account, but I've got it on my phone. It's, um, it's longer than I would typically want 
to sit here and read, but I'm going to read it anyway. So it's uh, it's uh, from the Screw Tape Letters, um, which was written by C.S. Lewis, and, um, and these were like um, two demons corresponding. You only get one side of it. Um, screw Tape writing to Wormwood, um, and what it is is talking about. Um, his patient, right? Um, Wormwood's patient, which is somebody that he's um, oppressing and attempting to win over for the enemy. So um, as I read this, this is um, represents a, a demon speaking to a demon. Um, and it says, one of our great allies at present is the church itself. Do not misunderstand me. I do not mean the church as we see her spread out through all time and space, and rooted um, in eternity, terrible as an army with banners. That, I confess, is a spectacle which makes our boldest tempters uneasy. But fortunately, it is quite invisible to these humans. All your patience sees is the half-finished sham gothic erection on the new building estate. When he goes inside, he sees the local grocer with rather with a with rather an oily expression on his face bustling up to offer him one shiny little book containing a liturgy which neither of them understands and one shabby little book containing corrupt texts of a number of religious r- lyrics mostly bad and in very small print. When he gets to his pew and looks around him, he sees just that selection of his neighbors whom he has hitherto avoided. You want to lean pretty heavily on those neighbors, make his mind flit to and fro between an expression like the body of Christ and the actual faces in the pew next to him. It matters very little, of course, what kind of people the next pew really contains. You may know one of them to be a great warrior on the enemy side. No matter. Your patience, thanks to our father below, is a fool. Provided that any of those neighbors sing out a tune or have boots that squeak or double chins or odd clothes, the patient will quite easily believe their religion must therefore be somehow ridiculous. And um, and this was written a while ago in the 40s. Um, yeah. But I mean, that really does speak to uh, what we have to keep in mind is people come in, that's what they do, right? Oftentimes, um, you'd be amazed how many people are uncomfortable about coming into our building. They have something in their mind, right? That they've already, they've already passed judgment on what we do. The thing they're coming in to do often is get some confirmation about how it's, it's crap or not for them or not going to work. Um, that's just the truth. Um, I, I think more people fall into that category than coming in with some sense of hope of this is finally my answer. I'm going to get what I need there. No, that comes through an ex- <laughs> through experiencing the truth of the gospel and, and receiving Jesus. Um, as somebody who came into the church, I mean, that's I had preconceived notions in my mind. Um, I had encountered churches that were um, judgmental. Um, I had wounds, mistreatments. I had all of these stereotypes and my all these things. And I, in one sense, was looking for confirmation about why I don't need to waste my time here. So then I could go on living the way I wanted to live, right, without any condemnation. And so we have to keep that in mind, right, that this this is what people are doing. And so, yes, we have freedom. But be careful your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. And so um, it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah, you know, that's something, you know, that's a good point that we don't think about, especially if, you, if you've been in the church culture for a long time, is you forget what, it's like, what it <coughs> is to be a new 
a new believer or a new person to church, you know, and that, so somebody's coming to church for the first time, you, you there, anytime you go to something, any sort of circumstance or, you know, a new cultural, uh, kind of event, <clears throat> right. So like going to a church or going to, you know, uh, so like Jill and I went to, um, we've been to a Jewish wedding before. I had a friend that was Jewish when I was in chiropractic school and they got married and I obviously never been to a Jewish wedding. Not a lot of Jewish, I don't have a lot of Jewish friends here in Oklahoma and, you know, in, in rural Oklahoma, you know, maybe if you live in Tulsa or Oklahoma city, but, uh, we lived in not a lot of Jewish people. So I've never been to a Jewish wedding, you know? And so you're going to that. And if you've ever done something like that, you're kind of, you're like, I don't know. I don't know what to, yeah. am I going to, you know, when to sit, when to stand, what to say, are we going to, you know, what, what, what is it going to entail? And it was very interesting. I, I really enjoyed it because of just the, I don't know, you, you can feel the culture out of or the tradition when yeah. you go to a, a Jewish wedding. I mean, this is obviously it's been around for a while. So, <laughs> I mean, and so it was, it was very, it was very fascinating. And, um, but still, there's that apprehension of like, oh, I'm not going to know. I'm going to be the, the the odd man out here. No. And so people, we, we lose that in the, in the church culture sometimes in that understanding that somebody coming for the first time, you know, maybe this is an unchurched family. They're coming. They're not part of our group. Yeah. They don't, you know, they're, they're going to be apprehensive coming. And so, <clears throat> you know, it, it behooves us as, as a church body to actually think about that and to be considerate of that. You know, that is something we're very intentional about on our Monday night service for recovery. And this is what someone always tell my, tell our volunteers is like, listen, people that come on a Monday, as long as the court's not ordering them to be there yeah. and they, you know, they have a choice to not come back because they, most times they're, they're going to look for a reason not to come back, you know? And so we need to be perfect. And I, you know, and I tell them, I said, I don't expect us to be perfect but I expect us to want to be because yeah. I want us to not have any reason for them to not come back. And I want things to run as smoothly as possible because we want them to, you know, to be able to come and feel like this isn't chaotic. And part of, and part of that chaos comes from just not knowing what's going to happen. And, and that, that, that happens on a Sunday or any other, any other, like I said, any other event that you go to that's kind of out, outside of your norm, there's going to be, the, the social rules and, and things that guide that event. And so people that are coming to church for the first time, uh, or maybe it's been a really long time, or maybe they grew up in a, you know, maybe they grew up in a Catholic home and are coming to a Protestant service or vice versa. Maybe they're just wounded from the church yeah, maybe and they're, they're coming yeah, back. Right. You know, the old church they went to, yeah, it was a lot different. I mean, the church I went to when I grew up is a lot different than the church I go to now, just yeah. culturally what we do. And so, you know, we have to take those things into account. And so, you know, this takes us back to what we talked about at the very beginning is like we can have our individual worship, but when we come together corporately, we've got to understand and we have to maybe take into account and maybe just consider, maybe, just maybe, hang with me here, other people <laughs> and, and kind of consider Okay, what you know, the things that I want to do right now in this moment, you know, maybe I'm excited about this song or whatever, like, you know, is is what I'm doing. And, it, and this doesn't mean we're walking on eggshells either. You yeah. Know? But there, but I, I, I feel balance. like there's huh balance, balance. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like there's there's kind of a wide swath of what's ex, you know kind oh, of yeah. the what's acceptable, you know, right? and like in the political world, they call it the Overton window, yeah. right? The, the Overton window is, is, uh, what's kind of the, the political norm. I don't know what the, the church window would be. We should, <laughs> the stained glass window of worship, <laughs> you know, there, there's kind of this, this, I, like I said, I feel like it's, it's fairly wide. Right. And, um, you know, what, what I'm, what I'm going to do is that exist was inside this window kind of like, um, you know, now different churches have different, 
what, yeah. what falls in that window is different. You know, if you go to a, like an Uber, like charismatic, you know, church, like what, what is their norm is going to be a lot different than kind of cult, cultural norm. Yeah. And there's a reason that, you know, those churches are not necessarily growing at <laughs> the same level as, um, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, I'll say this, things, you know, you said there is a kind of a wide window within churches and I'll, I'll say, you know, within our church, obviously, you know, everybody knows Caleb and I go to church together. Um, Caleb, um, worships much differently than me, um, in the sense of he's probably never jumped up and down in the sanctuary. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, do you, have, do you raise your hands? No. Yeah. See, and so I, I always raise my hands. That's, a, that's the bare minimum. And, and there are times where my feet leave the ground. Uh, <laughs> It's not that, and that part's not always often. That kind of depends on the setting. Again, At your age, you might pull something. I, I might pull something, <laughs> but and that depends on the setting. You know, again, you know, what are we doing here? What's going on? Um, and uh, in all of that, and so we take these things into account because what what is our goal? I mean, we have two goals. We want to grow closer to Christ. We want to experience His presence. We we want to worship Him and honor Him. Oh, and we want to reach people. <laughs> I want to reach people and I'm willing to set aside things that, um, that I may do because, um, I, I fall much more heavily charismatic than Caleb. Um, and, and Caleb will come out of his comfort zone, um, that way to reach people. And he does. Um, and, and I will tone things down. Why? To reach people. We, we both sacrifice things to be, um, in the setting that we're in why? Because people matter. People matter to us. And we, we want more than Again, more than we want what we want, we want other people's to have what we have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, given what I do here at the church, like my corporate worship is now like ruined because I can't sit <laughs> and I can't sit and listen to music now without just like. So what I do here at the church, uh, my title is music director and people are like, oh, so you sing. I'm like, no, I I make sure everything works. Yeah. You know, that's kind of my job is I'm on stage and I'm. I manage the band and I make sure the the technology is doing what it's supposed to do. All the stuff and parts and pieces that go into worship. Like if you come to our church on a Sunday, um, you don't ever have to think about things working or, you know, you're, you're in the moment because I'm thinking about all those things, you know? And so, so if I'm not on stage doing that and I'm sitting in the crowd, like I'm still thinking about those things, it's really hard (laughs) for me to do that. And so like, you know, again, a lot of worship, you know, kind of music corporate worship happens when I'm running because I'm listening to music. Um, you know, and if I, especially Christian songs, you know, come on, like I, I my paces get really fast or whatever, because I'm, I'm, I can, I can be in the moment there. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so it's, it's hard for me to, you know, I mean, just to disengage and, and actually be <laughs> in that moment, you know, just because of what I do anymore. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, what I do, or what I don't do is more <laughs> apropos. <laughs> I, I wouldn't tell everybody to, to be that way. You know, yeah. I don't think that, you know, I don't think, you know, oh, that's too expressive or whatever. Like, you know, I understand there, there's that window. And um, so, you know, what I, how I feel or how I express myself or, or don't express myself, like I don't expect other people to be that way. Just like I don't expect other, I, you know, I don't want other people to tell me this is how you should do it which sometimes you know you do get into yeah. that you, you know raise your hands like i don't have to you know i don't have to do anything you know I'm, <laughs> that's that's a good way to get me to not do you should do this okay well i know what i'm going to not do right now um <clears throat> Uh, my favorite phrase growing up, my mother will tell everybody was, uh, you're not the boss of me. Yeah. And that, that still seems to be that seems to be my favorite phrase, but, um, you know, so, so there's, 
there is that you know and we talked about this before uh we came on um there's the other side of that and that's where someone like me does decide like this is you know you shouldn't do this or you should be you know where we get too critical you know we're too i don't know too focused on what other people are doing yeah. and um just like that passage says you know where you're focused on the people behind you or beside you or whatever and it's like um you know if that's your focus during worship too uh then then we're doing it wrong and that's yeah. you know we find that <clears throat> people that, that get too critical of of worship um you know at least corporate worship uh it's like well if you're actually worshiping in the moment you know like actually focused on god um you wouldn't notice a lot of this this other yeah. stuff too you know like so that's that's me you know I, and, and mine's not like I said from a, i'm not there to, to criticize or whatever but like it's hard for me to not focus on like is the band sound good does the you know is the the music sound right does it you know I, i'm focused on those things but if they don't go right i'm not going to write a note to the, the church and be like hey you guys suck <laughs> you know but we we do have that kind of stuff you know and you gotta like well where's your heart you know i've had we were telling him this, uh, Aaron, before this, but I've been at a church where we, one of the complaints we got was that the worship pastor's guitar was too shiny. <laughs> and it's like, well, do, what are you, are you, who are you focused on? Yeah. You know? I couldn't imagine being that person. Well, I mean, we've had it here. And if you're listening, the person who wrote this, uh, you're wrong in this. Like somebody wrote once, you know, like uh, you, all the songs sucked or whatever today. It's like sorry, we don't take requests, you know, yeah. like it's not about, it's not about you, you know, and, uh, you know, as a music director, I, <clears throat> I'm up there playing songs. There's, I have one particular song that's, and I won't say which one it is, but, uh, the whole worship team knows I don't like it. And, um, but hopefully nobody in the congregation knows that I don't like it yeah. because it's not my job to express my opinion on the music. You know, my job is to help usher in people into worship yeah. in, in that moment. And so, you know, I'm not going to allow myself and my demeanor, you know, I'm not going to sit up there and look bored while we play this particular song or other songs. I mean, there's other songs I don't like. Um, and that's fine. But other people, you know, yeah. plenty of people like those songs. And so if that helps them worship, then, you know, I'm going to do my best to, to help them worship. And regardless of what I my opinion is of that song or the, the lack of musicality in it, um, <clears throat> And, and so that's the thing too, you know, on the flip side of being aware of what we do and does it affect other people? Does it possibly push away non-believers? on the other side of that is that, you know, we're so focused on just everything except God that we don't, we don't enter into worship at all. Yeah. You know, we're sitting in church and like, oh, I'm still mad that they, you know, the donuts weren't from the right place or the coffee tasted bad or that girl's not wearing the right outfit on uh, the stage. You know, Jill and I, we, again, we grew up conservative, uh, Southern, very conservative Southern Baptist. And uh, we, we led worship at our <clears throat> church I grew up in. And one time she got a complaint because she was wearing uh, pants, not, not jeans, like dress slacks. Yeah. Not a dress. She wasn't wearing a dress <laughs> on stage. Somebody was Man. complaining about that. It was like, well, who are you here for? Yeah. You know, are you here for a fashion show or are you here for God? You know, like, so I think that's the other side of it, you know, and that we go, you know, where, where's your focus, right? Yeah. Is, it on, is it on the things of God or is it on, on just what makes you happy too? Like yeah. as far as, you know, I want things to be a certain way and force that on other people. So, I, you know, that takes us back to kind of the main point of, of this is that, you know, worship corporately, 
you know, we have to have balance. We have yeah. to have, we have to be aware of where our heart is and, um, you know, are we doing things in a way that can negatively affect, you know, non-believers, drive people away, but also are we, you know, on the flip side of that, are we being, you know, too focused on being divisive, uh, to to the believers to our church body you know i think that's um that's the balancing act we have to play yeah no, that's good um so um before we close i have this wedding story i wanted to share okay um so never been to a jewish wedding but i got invited to this hispanic wedding yeah, and yeah. Uh, obviously i'm not hispanic nor do i speak spanish yeah and uh it was also pentecostal it was pentecostal yeah and uh so most of the weddings in spanish um actually all of it, but there yeah. was times that they were praying in tongues. And so I kept getting confused because <laughs> I can't understand anything anyway. So it was, just yeah. kind of, it was, um, and then more odd than that. Um, and these are like very deep rooted, like, um, cultural heritage. I mean, it's very, very Hispanic. Um, they served Italian food. So, wow. and beyond that, the lady that invited it to me, she owned, um, a, a Mexican food truck and really good. So it's like she invited me and Janelle to her, her daughter's wedding and, mm. and all of this. And so we're expecting great Mexican food because she makes great Mexican <laughs> food. We had spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's cheap, you know. And then it was, you know, Pentecostal, which, you know, again, Janelle and I, we fall into that category. So that part, but it was just like trying to like in, pick up like are they are they is that spanish, spanish tug? but i don't know what's going on here uh and it was one of those like people all of a sudden stood up and so we're like popping up like yeah. what's going on here <laughs> yeah it was a good time though down to the, the uh obviously jewish people um they're not anti-alcohol <laughs> yeah and uh um the rabbi was late and so they opened the bar before the wedding there we go yeah so um jill and i were just sitting there like man these people are getting hammered before this <laughs> wedding even started but uh it was it was crazy you know they, they do part of the wedding in hebrew and, yeah. and so that was kind of cool to hear that and then but the the, the reception man I, that's wild those people they do the whole lifting people up on oh, the chairs yeah. and the while they're drunk <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was pretty sketchy um, luckily nobody was dropped uh they did serve a lot of food and it was really good but, yeah but yeah it's it's an interesting thing how was i don't know if i've had like hebrew jewish cuisine what is that like uh man i don't even remember like i know there was like they brought out Canola bread. is the only thing that might fall in that category I've had, <laughs> they, which, which I know this is delicious. Yes. So if that's a, you know, that's if that's the bar, yeah. you know, I'm all in. Yeah, no, yeah. it was definitely good. Uh, that's why in The Godfather, he said, you know, leave the gun, grab the cannolis. Yeah. It's, it's worth grabbing. But um, now it was bread. And then I can't remember what else we had. We had to leave early because, because it started late. This was in downtown Chicago. So it started late. So um, if you've ever been to Chicago, and ridden the the L the the train to get around. I, I drove through <clears throat> Chicago one time praying I wouldn't get shot. Yeah, well, it's even you're <laughs> even praying harder on on the train. There's the train is, <laughs> is incredibly sketchy during the day, and so you know this is leading into night. Like I said, it started like an hour late, and so here it is. This reception is now going into midnight, and I was like, uh, we need to go, you know, because <laughs> the later it gets, the crazier the train gets, and yeah. so yeah, and you know, here we are, you know to just you know the rednecks walking through downtown 
Chicago late at night, dressed nice yeah. by ourselves. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're getting on the train and uh, I'm glad we left when we did because the, the, the ratio of crazy to normal had, had flipped, you know, to <laughs> the, they were dominating the train at that point. So yeah, we, uh, we couldn't have left early enough, but yeah, especially for somebody who does not like cities. I don't yeah. like cities. I don't like them at all. I don't understand the appeal. So no. it was pretty, it was pretty crazy, but, uh, but yeah, anywho. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, I think that's it for today. Um, again, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, be sure to check out any that you've missed. You know, go back, listen, um, and continue just to engage uh, with us moving forward. We'd love to hear any feedback, anything like that you have. Um, but like, subscribe, share, and we'll see you guys right back here next week.